What's up, beautiful people? Hey guys. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome, welcome. This is what, our fourth episode now? Yeah, we're pros at this point, Look right? at this. Like, we, we're <laughs> gone for like a month, and the family made guys, they have this whole suite mic set up. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see kind of, it says the family made. It's really nice. Yeah. We've awesome. been out of commission for a while, but yeah. mainly because we've been like in commission <laughs> yeah. for a while. Like, we've been on the road like crazy. So, mm-hmm. we left last uh, month at the, at the very end of May. And uh, we were not supposed to come home until end next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, end of July. We we're gonna we we're gonna come home for like two days at the end of June, um, and then uh, we had some things cancel, and so we're here for a couple of days, and some you know, so we're filming guys. some podcasts and working on some stuff on the house. I think I'm gonna go buy a new riding lawnmower today, which yeah. I cannot express. How really excited, excited I am about this <laughs> and how much I feel like an actual man. You're like, an adult, babe. This is sure. the week of manliness because, like, I got a leather toiletry bag for Father's oh Day. Amanda got me the best Father's Day present. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anything leather. Anything leather. Super excited, so. But she went above and beyond because she also got me whiskey soap. Why do you say uh, it like it's that? Because it's from whiskey. Hot Rod. Whiskey. The safe word or the, the code word will be whiskey. That's Why crazy. are you saying it that way? Why am I saying what? What way? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so got some whiskey soap with a leather toiletry bag, and I'm about to get a riding lawnmower, guys. So now you are officially, so I'm officially a man. A grown man. I'm a grown man. <laughs> I'll be 40 this year. And, you got uh, seven kids, but finally now you're a, a grown man. Right? Yeah, finally a man. That's but awesome. uh, it's it's been a whirlwind, and it, yeah. the fun just continues. You know, we we leave for California uh, in a couple weeks, and we'll be going down to Arizona, and then Utah, and then California. May go over to Lake Tahoe. This uh, is see the my summer, dad. Yeah, yeah, the summer of traveling and adventure, and, and not being in our RV. Yeah, and maybe <laughs> not being in the RV. Like as you guys probably know, if you followed along with our story. We were in an RV for a while while we waited for the house to be built, and we quickly decided it wasn't nearly as fun as we thought it would be. And uh, we were supposed to only be in it for like a few months. Yeah. And then supply chain shortages, windows were going to be 22 weeks. So, Mm -hmm. like, we're probably not going to be in our house that we're building until Thanksgiving at the earliest. Right. So, we were like, hmm. Maybe the RV life didn't choose us after all. Yeah. Well, I think it's actually just important to be able to recognize that it's okay to change your mind on things and it's okay to try things out yeah. and realize, you know, maybe that didn't work out or that's not right for me. I mean, it's okay yeah. to to do that because, and I think that's, that's a good example for our kids too, that it's okay to yes. try things. And I wouldn't call this necessarily a failure, but just no. definitely something that we've chosen to not continue to do. And so right. I, I want our kids to be able to see that in us and be able to to, to know like, hey, it's okay to yeah. change your mind. It's okay to do something that you think maybe that wasn't the best choice or maybe I would have done something different had I known what I know now. Mm-hmm. So I think- It's a learning experience in a misadventure. Yeah. That's, I, w- I would call it, maybe, maybe not a mistake as much as a misadventure. Because yeah. I do think we counted the cost. We knew it was going to be challenging, but we knew it was only going to be a short period of time. Mm-hmm. And we thought that at the end of the day, we would have this amazing RV that we could go tour and travel in yeah. after the fact. And then, you know, 
months turned into a very long time. Yeah. Winter. We probably were a little naive on the whole yeah. home building timeline and yes. just kind of, I mean. We took people at their word. Yeah, I don't want to throw anybody That's under the bus. Did. It's not anybody's <laughs> fault. It's just the craziness it is it is. of home building in this time. In this day and age, It's there's always things that pop up and everything always goes a lot longer than planned. And we plan for it to go a little bit longer, but this yes. is way longer. So. I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready for some precedented times. <laughs> I would like some precedented times. It's just something a little simple. Well, yeah. after this uh, summer's over, I have told Stephen we are slowing, slowing down, down. And we're going to have a very consistent, chill. yeah, chill kind of schedule. Yeah, I, I am very much looking forward to getting into the home and being able to... Uh, just kind of slow down and have yeah. a, some sort of normalcy again. So. Yeah. Speaking of slowing down and learning from your misadventures, we are now today, actually yesterday, we celebrated the two-week birthday of this book right behind us, <laughs> The Art of Getting It Wrong. If you guys haven't gotten it yet, yep. I'd be so grateful for you to go on Amazon. You can get the Audible. You can get the Kindle. You can get the hardback. It's a pretty cool little hardback book. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of really – we had we got to have breakfast with – uh, our friend Lisa Turkhurst yesterday who endorsed Amazing. the book and just kind of talk about how she helped to shape some of that, how grateful we are for that. Um, but a lot of this, what we're going to talk about today, uh, really plays into this book. Namely, uh, when you're parenting, you get a lot of stuff wrong sometimes. And, and you're learning as you go. Yes. Is, you know. And there's grace for that, you know, and yeah. it, and it's all about how you respond. And so we're mm-hmm. talking about slowing down and, you know, there's a whole chapter in the book about really about slowing down it says, you know, I, I steal the quote from Ferris Bueller, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around, you could miss it. And that's a whole book. That's a whole chapter about slowing down and enjoy, enjoying the here and now. There's a whole chapter uh, about um, watching your blind spots, which is also about in, in a lot of ways, slowing down and making sure you're taking into account your own, like, you know, uh, faults and personality things and yeah, all that. And so you speaking, don't miss the moment. Yeah. Speaking of blind spots, um, parenting has a way of revealing that to you yes. in your children. Your children have a way of stirring up those things that kind of reveal to you where you uh, have some weaknesses, where you maybe have some blind spots. Yeah. Kids are very excellent at either pointing that out <laughs> or poking on those tender, sensitive areas, yeah. you know, that you maybe don't want to, you know, talk through or you, yeah. you you have some some lingering pain or things yeah. that you haven't resolved. And uh, parenting definitely stirs that up. Yes. So it, it definitely makes you kind of stand in front of the mirror and take a good, hard look at yourself. Yeah. And a lot of times you see things in your kids as you're trying to teach them and train them. And you're like, you know what? There's a little bit of that in me too. So um, (laughs) That's for sure. Yeah. Well, as we get into this today, we're going to be talking about parenting teenagers, uh, which is something we know a thing or two about because we have five of them. And I kind of joke about the fact that, you know, when, when we had our our fifth kid become a teenager, we were like, oh, yeah. If I hadn't already gone through my midlife crisis, I probably would be having <laughs> one right now because uh, I'm not yeah. old enough to have five teenagers, but apparently I am. And uh, I'll say having teenagers in some ways, yeah, it is it is really challenging. Obviously, you know, people 
talk about the challenges of raising teens all day long. Yeah. Um, people don't as often talk about the joys and the benefits of yes. raising teens. So that is something I do want to touch on today, although we will also talk about the challenges because those are very real as well. Um, I will say that the joys outweigh the challenges. For sure. By far. For sure. And uh, you do such a great job of calling that out and really truly uh, enjoying those joys, I feel like, and mm. leading, leading me by example as well. I think it's really important when you are raising teens to try to remember what it was like when you were a teenager, mm. put yourself in their shoes because it is such a challenging time for them as well. Mm. It's, it's not like they're just going around, you know, trying to mess up your schedule or, you know, make things difficult for you or, you know, the emotions and all of that that comes with it. Um, they're going through a lot as well. And so yeah. uh, it, it can be very helpful to kind of take it. I take, take a deep breath, take a step back, and just try to insert yourself into that situation and remember what it was like to have all that teen angst and yeah. all those unknowns and all the hormones and everything. It is really overwhelming. And so, and to do it in an empathetic way, not a judgmental way, because I think that that's sort of the difference between you and me. And maybe it's, this is a dad versus a mom thing, but I will be like, I remember what it was like to be a teenager. You know, I remember the thoughts that went through my head and I do not want her going out with that boy, because, you know, or whatever that thing is. But you yeah. do a great job of compassionately remembering the other side of that. Like, you know, I remember what it was like being a teenager. There's a difference between yeah. I remember and I remember, you know. Yeah. Well, and we balance would, each other out. Really I would well say that. that's true as well. Like yeah. you take you have different uh, perspectives on parenting. And I think in most relationships, or I don't know, maybe not most relationships, because I don't know most relationships, but at least for our relationship, we parent differently and we have different perspectives. And yes. I, I'm sure that's true of a lot of other people. Um, and so having to navigate, like coming at it from different angles, which yeah. can be a strength because then we can really help each other out if some, mm -hmm. if one parent is struggling to kind of see, um, you know, how to be the most helpful in that situation with that particular child or children. Um, the other one can can be there to help it in that yeah. way. And so with us having different perspectives, I feel like that can be a benefit, mm -hmm. although it can also be a challenge because yeah. we really do have to be intentional to be on the same page. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important that you are on the same page when yeah. you're parenting, especially parenting teens. Especially parenting. And we were talking about that on the way here because yeah. we're, we're just, how do we bring anything to the table about this topic that hasn't been said already? And I think that the most important thing that we could say today is that as you're parenting teenagers in general, like kids in general, but I think specifically teenagers, mm -hmm. one of the best gifts that you can give your kids is for them to see you as their parents striving, although imperfectly, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Striving at least, endeavoring to be on the same page, to be on the same team and to honor one another even though you may have different outlooks, you may have different approaches to parenting mm -hmm. to say, no, 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 we're a unit, we're a team, we're on the same page. And, and so we, we're coming to you and we're, we're providing that we're providing this sense of like, I really value the way that you parent our kids. Yeah. And I believe you value the way that I parent our kids. Yeah. And that means so much to our kids to see that. Yeah. And when we get it wrong, which we inevitably will because we're humans, 
to come to one another and apologize to each other and apologize to the kids yeah. and them to see that humility and that repentance played out in real time, I think has been a big difference for our kids. Yeah. It's not about getting it right all the time because none of us are going to be able to get it right all of the time. But I do think being able to model for our kids, the behavior that we want to see in them is that when they make mistakes, that they take responsibility, mm -hmm. that they have humility, um, that yeah. they make things right with others, that they're yeah. kind. And that's the kind of things that we want to model for our kids. It's not that we're getting it right perfectly because even if we could do that, you know, that's an impossible standard to hold our kids to. Yeah. Um, and so we want to be able to instead model like, hey, if we get it wrong, here is, you know, here's what we should do to make yeah. it right. You know, we want to be humble. We want to apologize. We want to take ownership of that. And um, so I think that's really important when talking about teen relationships or because relationships with your teen. They need to feel safe to get it wrong. Yeah. And they need to feel that you're going to love them and be in their corner even if they do. And this is such a, a period of their life where they're experimenting not just with their actions, but with what they believe mm -hmm. and how they see the world and relationally with other people, be it romantically or just platonically or whatever. Like there's so much change and so much shifting going on. They need to feel like their parents are a safe place yeah. for them to process through those feelings that they can say something that they might be deciding what they believe on and not be shut down immediately. Yeah. Uh, which that that's something I learned so much from you about with our teens specifically. They'll be they'll be processing through something that they're trying to decide whether or not they believe this or that, whether that's faith or politically or socioeconomically or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you just listen. Well, I think it's so important and this is something that our kids have said to us but also just intuitively like they the the communication between yourself and your teens they they need to know that you care and they need to know that yeah. you're willing to listen mm -hmm. um and not that just you're the parent that has all the answers right. but that you value you know their thoughts their feelings mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. kind of thing um, and not that you're not also speaking some of your wisdom into their life right. and that they you know you're you're sharing what you believe and what you know and what you've been through, your experiences. Um, you have a lot to offer, but sometimes as your kids are processing and opening up and becoming very vulnerable, which is what you want, you want to be able to have that open communication where your kids feel like they can be vulnerable with you, yeah. um, especially in those teen years that are, you know, there is so much going on. There is so much change. You want to leave those lines of communication open um, and so the best way to do that is for your kids to know that you um, are present, that you that you care and that you're willing to listen to them, um, however they're feeling. And so that's something that um, especially as our as our teens have gotten older mm -hmm. and they've started to open up to us and talk. Sometimes you feel that little tug to be like, oh, I think yeah. you're maybe not quite on, you know, yeah. right there. And and so it can be tempting to want to maybe jump in and correct them or offer some insight. Um, and there's definitely times that that's very appropriate. But right. I do think that there's also a lot of times where even if you feel that nudge, maybe just not. Something speaking. I'm learning uh, to ask mm -hmm. because I'm just thick. Like I am not in the you know, <laughs> THSCC, although, you know, 
I'm going to the gym a lot. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, I, I'm learning to ask the question, are you looking for a listening ear? Mm. Are you looking for advice? Are you looking for help? What do you need from me in this moment? Because my tendency as a fixer right. is has been in the past. I think I'm, if you ask the kids, I think they would probably testify that I'm better at this now than I was. Sure. Is to is to just well, here's what you need to do. Here's how you need to fix that. You You're know. Like, oh, I've got an answer oh, for I, that. <laughs> I've, or, or or try somehow to like use my experience to make them feel like theirs isn't really that bad or something. And in doing so, it can invalidate. You're ch- I think trying to, to comfort them by saying like, I oh, am. it could be worse. But that it's really doesn't bad. work well, especially <laughs> not, with not teens. A good idea. That, that tends to backfire, yeah. you know, yeah. because they do feel invalidated if, uh, and, and if you're kind of, you know. And they just hear, well, back in my day, we used to walk <laughs> uphill both ways in the snow. And, uh, you know. I'm pretty sure that our kids have a couple of times actually started saying that in yeah. those moments. Yeah. They're like, uh, Dad, you're doing that thing. Yeah. Or yeah. me too. I think we both have done that at times. But, yeah, um, yeah I just think that ha- being able to listen, being able to have. Yes. To prioritize having open lines of communication is uh that that's just so vital in being able to keep a healthy relationship with mm-hmm. your teens. Um, well, and that shift really begins to ratchet up the older they get. I mean, that, that 15, 16, 17, and now 18. I mean, our oldest has moved out. She's on her own. Yeah. She can literally do whatever she wants. Doesn't have to ask us for permission. Doesn't have to consult us. I feel like it's been so amazing to see her desire to continue to call you every night and to ask for advice and for ask for help and, uh, you know, tell you her what she's going through. And just mm-hmm. there, there is that shift from parent to friend that kind of happens and you never cease to be their parents. Sure. It's just a very different relationship. You know, like I am friends with my mom and dad now. You know, I called my mom yesterday. We were driving home from uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. It was a long drive. And I talked to my mom for an hour and a half on the phone. And it was awesome because we just talked about life. And I didn't need her advice. I didn't need her help with anything. We just talked. So there's a friendship kind of relationship there that's happened. I think you've done a great job successfully navigating that without, losing your authority as a parent right and uh i love seeing the closeness of our kids to you and i i try my best to be that same way i do think that it's important to um, as i've kind of wrestled through this um over the years like knowing that you you can hold both of those yeah I, i think a lot of times you know being the friend instead of the parent that gets like a really bad rap people that say like you know Kids need parents. They don't need friends, you know, that kind of thing. Well, obviously they need friends, but they need their parent to be a parent, not a yes. friend. Um, but I think I think it's both. It's not mutually it exclusive. Both. Yeah. It's I, I'm, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, you should just be friends with your kids and that, you know, if you listen to them and all of that, then everything's going to be great. Like there, you definitely have to have that parental role. There is authority that God gives you over your children that you – 
are, you know, to steward that well. And how do you, how do you love your kids in those moments? Um, and, and the way you do that, in my opinion, or the way that I'm striving to do that is to be the parent, but also be someone that they feel safe with, that they, they do feel like, Hey, they're also my friend. They also care. They also want to listen. Mm-hmm. I think it can, uh, the, both of those dynamics can coexist, but I think that as they get older, like you said, um, there is more of a shift there where, yeah, there's maybe less authority and you're giving giving them the reins more and mm-hmm. letting them test things out. Sometimes they, you know, are failing and you have to let them experience some consequences. Um, and that's really hard, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Letting your kids have that freedom and seeing them fail is so much harder than changing diapers and making meals for yeah. the littles and all of that. Um, but you know, it, it's just the way that life is. And so you, you slowly over time do kind of give that up. And so making sure that that friendship is there and that yeah. communication is there and it has been established mm-hmm. up to that point, um, I think makes all the difference in still being able to have a healthy relationship with them as they kind of are spreading their wings and moving out. Yeah. And I think it's, there's something to be said. I mean, we're, we're Christians, so we believe that God is intimately involved in our lives and actually cares about what we're doing and not just about us, but about our kids and that God actually cares more about our kids than even we do. And so part of our responsibility as parents of teens is that we try as best as it's up to us, failures and all to set an example of a a centered life, you know, a balanced life, a happy life, a repentant life, a joy-filled life, whatever those things are that you you would consider a successful life, a faithful life. Mm. And and then as you set that example, then trusting that God will actually uh, apply that to their hearts and right. bring that back to their remembrance when the going gets tough and maybe they don't feel like they are, you know, able to get it together or whatever, or they don't feel safe sharing something with us or whatever that might be that like God who actually cares more about our kids can begin to do that as well. And so I think one of the top things that we can do as parents of teens and not just teens, but like parents in general is to pray for our kids, you know, and trust that God, you know, will do what he's going to do with that. Yeah. And that also kind of goes back to like letting go um, letting go of control and, and all of that is like, ultimately, you know, you're not in control of your kids. And mm-hmm. so, um, as much as you want to teach them, you want to train them, you want to correct them when they're kind of, you know, getting off a little bit. Um, ultimately that's in God's hands. So you, you yeah. do your very best. Um, but God's the one that's in control. And so when you yeah. see your kids maybe going off the one direction or the other, and you're like, Oh, that's, that's probably not the best for you. Yeah. Um, you know, th- that's, that's where you really lean into your faith and you trust that God is in control and that he loves your kids more than you do. And so as much as you want to be able to protect them and keep them safe, he ultimately is going to be able to do that a lot better. Mm -hmm. And something that we heard um, this past Sunday at church that I thought was so profound was talking about how um, so many times, like you really do have to try and fail and experience the consequences Mm -hmm. of your actions For you to understand, for you to understand, you know, what's best for you, for you to understand why God's way is best. Um, And that could be really hard to allow your kids to do that. Mm -hmm. But um, just like it's so uh, 
formative for us. You know, we learn so much more from our failures than success, and that's going to be true for our kids as well. And so as much as you might want to, like, insulate them and bubble wrap them and protect yeah. them and then send them out in the world and just know that nothing's going to happen, that that's not how life works and that's not how yeah. God works. And so um, you do have to be able to let go and recognize, like, ultimately God's in control. Yeah. I think one of the other things that, that the Bible gives us a good reference point of what parenting teenagers could and should look like is in Jesus' parable of the prodigal son. And that's not to say that all teens are going to be prodigals or whatever, but I think they are all going to explore in some form or fashion in their in their world. And, you know, the father did not try to keep that son from doing all that. I mean, uh, if you're unfamiliar with the story, uh, a son says basically to his dad, like, hey, I want my inheritance now, which is essentially saying, I, you know, I wish you were dead to, to his dad. And then he goes off to a far land and just squanders all of it, right? And then he's like wallowing in the pig pens because he doesn't have any money. He's wasted it all. Um, and he's like, ah, you know, maybe I could go back home and like my dad would hire me on as like a servant or, or something because that was a big deal back then. So he comes, he's got this whole speech ready to go. Like, hey, dad, like, I really messed this thing up. Like, can you hire me on as a servant, you know? Uh, and his dad's like, shut up. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've got a robe and a ring and I'm going to kill the fatted calf and we're going to have a party and it's going to be amazing. Give me a hug. Like, he runs to meet him. And there's this, yeah. like, there's this very real sense of what the book of Romans says, that the, the kindness of God leads us to repentance, not the, not the wrath of God leads us to repentance. And when the prodigal son comes home, that's exactly what he finds, is a dad who's like, oh, man, I missed you so much. And, like, there's not really, like, any talk of, like, let's talk about consequences. Let's talk about your... Because he had like, already experienced them himself. He'd already, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's something to that, I think, too, in the way that we parent both now when they're home... Uh, trying to parent with kindness rather than wrath, mm -hmm. you know, and when there is discipline involved, it, it is done in a, in a, in a kindness, yeah. not a wrathfulness or a, a punitive fashion. Right. I think that's huge because that leads our children to actual uh, life change, you know, uh, and not just like, you know, feelings of judgment or feelings of like, I'm not enough. I'm never going to get it right. I'm never going to be good enough for my parents. I'm never going to whatever. Because kids are going to have those questions on their own. They're all, they're already asking, am I good enough? Do I have what it takes? Am I worthy? Am I beautiful? Am I acceptable? They're already questioning that and good exploring enough, smart enough. to try to figure out in this world where they fit and if that's true. Yeah. And I think they so desperately need to know that their parents are there that no matter no matter what. Yeah. You know, whether they are just, you know, hitting it out of the park and just doing amazing mm -hmm. or whether they are making a huge mistake and experiencing really hard consequences that their parents are going to be there for them, yeah. to wrap their arms around them, to love them unconditionally. Right. That's what, at the end of the day, I want my parent, I want my kids to know is that um, we're going to be there for them yeah. regardless. And that's the picture of God's love for us is that no matter what, he loves us. And so yeah. 
that's our response is that no matter what, we love our kids. Another thing that I think is really important is that your kids know that you love them for them mm. simply because they are them, right? right? And this is really key because every child is unique, right? Mm. Even your own children, like we have five teenagers and they're all very different yeah. from one another and they all need to be parented very differently from one another, from discipline to encouragement to words of affirmation to you know, boundaries to all kinds of stuff to how much can we trust them with responsibility wise? <laughs> you know, what's the meme? You sent me a meme uh, the other day. I did. It was like, there's one child that you would, you could trust to run your company, lock up your house, <laughs> feed the dog, make sure everything, whatever. And then there's the other child that you wouldn't want to. That, that isn't allowed to hold an umbrella. <laughs> umbrella. And they're not that far off from ages of each other or something like that. They're, they're basically the it, same age. It's, it was saying like, it's funny how parenting, like it's very different because each yeah. child has their own strengths and each yes. child has their own weaknesses just like we do. Yeah. And so it is really interesting to see that play out. And yeah. so being able to speak to your, your children's strengths and encouraging yeah. them, uh, coming alongside them when they're struggling in a specific way, but you have to do it uniquely tailored to each child. Without comparing them. But whether right. it be like, in, it, it is easy, I think, to try, you know, to, to compare your kids both to one another and to other kids. And that's sort of like the joke is like, why can't you be more like blah, 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 mm -hmm. right? And that's something that I hear, I've heard so much that is like, one of the deepest wounds people can carry with them is that there was that yeah. comparison yeah. Um, to their siblings. Why couldn't you be more like your brother or your sister right. or that kind of thing? Or even sometimes maybe the parents not saying it, but you as a child, you feel it. You I know there were it. times growing up where I felt that way, where I felt like, the black oh, why, sheep. why? Well, not even that, but just like, why can't I be more like this sister who's so good at this? Mm -hmm. Or why can't I be more like, you know, that sister who really excels in this way? Yeah. Um, and so kids, I think a lot of times are going to feel those feelings of comparison, especially as they get older and especially yeah. as they're in high school uh, or even middle school and all of their world is about comparison, whether their mm -hmm. people are comparing them to other kids or they're comparing themselves to other kids. Yeah. The home is such a, such a place that needs to be a safe haven yeah. where they don't feel the sting of comparison. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a famous quote and uh, everyone attests it to someone else, attributes it to someone else. Comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. I think that's, that's true, so true as parents. Uh, we have our joy robbed of us when we compare our kids to each other and to other kids. So, so that's the one side. And then our kids get robbed of joy when they feel that sense of comparison as well. Yeah, I definitely yeah. agree with that. I think it's so important to make sure that your kids know that you're loving them for who they are mm -hmm. and being able to verbally speak that out. Because I think a lot of times yeah. you think, you know, oh, my, my kids know that I love them. My kids, you know, know how I feel about mm -hmm. them. But I think it's so important to be regularly speaking it, to re yeah. be reminding them. Um, and that goes back to like putting yourself in their shoes. I remember as a teenager, just there's a lot of insecurity and there's, you know, especially as you're changing, you know, am I good enough or you know, is this normal to, to feel this way? And so I think being able to have regular reassurance and encouragement yeah. and affirmation um, is so, so key for kids, especially as teens. Yeah, to help them be confident in who they are, mm -hmm. who they were created to be, their unique passions, their unique strengths. Mm -hmm. 
um, those are just so big that the parents are the voice that that's coming from consistently because they may or may not hear it anywhere else in all the world. So that's our job as parents, not just of teens, but as parents in general. But I think that the significance of that, the the ante just gets upped as they grow into those teen years. And uh, like we've talked a lot about so many challenges, right? There's these are these are difficult, heavy kind of topics. And I think as parents, a lot of times it can feel like a weight on your shoulders because you want to steward it well. You want to love your kids well. And you don't always know how to do that. And especially if your kids may be struggling or maybe, you know, they're frustrated about something or maybe they're pushing yeah. back and wanting some distance. And that can be really, really hard um, to, to navigate, like as we've been talking about. But there's also so many amazing joys to raising teens. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if we've laughed more. That's <laughs> so true. Like these past few years as yeah. our kids are hilarious. Teenagers are, they're witty, they're hilarious, they're sarcastic. They, and they're they, thoughtful. They're very know? thoughtful. They're very You can thoughtful. actually have some really deep conversations with your teens. Yeah. Like. That stir you to think stir, more deeply. Yeah. I, like I yeah. love, sometimes those conversations start out maybe as an argument, you know, but that like initial like conflict I feel like Ben like could if you look at it as an opportunity to be curious and to grow it can bend your heart to where you're in tune to like ooh there's some conflict here maybe maybe I need to change you know maybe I need to rethink some some things that I've thought before Mm -hmm. you know and and then it becomes like a really like centering moment that you can grow closer to your teen because they see that what they think actually really matters. And then you get to grow as well. You yeah, know? you're both growing together and yeah. rubbing off on each other. And I, I think that that is something that is really profound about raising teens is that they really do kind of spur you to think more deeply and more critically about life and um, about, you know, the world around you. And um, it's, it is, it's been really cool to see our kids having these conversations with us that really have changed our family because... Mm-hmm. It's caused us to um, to grow together mm-hmm. in a way that is hopefully you know more meaningful and more kind and more compassionate to each other and to the world around us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that ha- raising teens can be so fun. You it, know, it really is. Be- between like the the crazy car rides and singing at the top of your lungs or hilarious jokes. I honestly love that our um, girls will borrow my clothes. They borrow your clothes they too, borrow by my the way. Clothes. I was not ready for that, for the girls to borrow all my clothes. I mean, occasionally it's like, where's that shirt that I really need to wear yeah. right now? And I don't know where it is. So that can be frustrating. At least they don't borrow the shoes, uh, my shoes, because I only have like two pair. Yeah. So if I was missing one, that would be rough. But They don't borrow <laughs> my shoes either because they have like a very specific um, yeah. kind of style. And so there have been times where they're like, I don't have any shoes to wear. And I'm like, you could borrow some of mine. And they're like, yeah. no, mom, those are not cool shoes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, as far as clothes go and that kind of thing, a lot of times we'll, we'll share that or just, you know, um, the, the ways that you spend time together that's really meaningful. If it's yeah. like, you know, doing your hair together, doing face masks at night, staying up late and watching a show and eating a yeah. snack and scratching each other's backs. And, you know, it's there's just so many um, really, really meaningful moments when yeah. it comes to parenting teenagers. Yeah. It's not all difficult. It's not all 
challenging. There's certainly plenty of that, but there's also so much joy to be had. And so when people, you know, will say, you know, I have little kids and I'm just so scared about the teen years, I want to be able to somehow show how fun it can be too, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, And I think like too, you know, you said it at the beginning, like there's, there's sort there's sort of this mirror of Mm -hmm. you. Like your kids are all sort of a mirror of you, strengths, weaknesses and all. Mm -hmm. As your kids become teenagers, as much as those things about yourself that frustrate you are there, right? The things that you enjoy and the things that your kids have learned to enjoy, whether it's from you or just because genetics or, you know, culture or whatever, you get to enjoy those things with your kids so much more. As they get older, because they can articulate why they like it, you know, and then you can have like really thoughtful conversation about books and movies and music. And, you know, I, I, Mm -hmm. I love that right now when we go on a car ride, I can be like, Hey Reese, you got the playlist, you know, (laughs) she handles the music and I love every song, you know, I love that right now I don't have to be like, Hey, uh, who wants to go see the new Marvel movie with me? And then, no, you know, like everybody wants <laughs> to go. Like, yes. And we, just, I mean, it costs me a zillion dollars every time we go to the movies. <laughs> but like, we'll, we'll go see Jurassic World hopefully today. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we haven't seen it yet, but uh, we want to. And like all the kids want to do that. And, and so it's like you get you have this like, yes, they're your kids, but they're also kind of like your friend group that you can share <laughs> life with, you know. And, yeah. and you actually all enjoy it together. And there yeah. might be things that you have that you don't all enjoy together. That's okay, too. Yeah. But, like, inevitably, there will be things. Like, we just went to Disney last week and, like, had a blast. Because all was, of us loved it, you know? It was so fun. Minus the heat. The heat was The, the heat was, yeah. intense. It was intense. But other than that, it was incredibly fun. Yeah. And there were a lot of moments where I feel like we were all genuinely... Yeah. Bonding and just making lifelong memories. So So I feel like this is just a foretaste mm. of like the next ten years. And like I think about I think about this a lot, which is maybe a little weird because I'm only thirty nine, but like what it's gonna be like having grandkids and everyone coming to our home mm. for the holidays, for Christmas. And it's just gonna be like this big friends reunion. You know, at Christmas yeah. time. You that's, know? that's the goal. That's the hope is that you're yeah. you're raising your kids in such a way that you are, you know, obviously prioritizing that relationship more than anything you want to teach them, anything you want them to yeah. to gain, you know, uh, insight or wisdom. You want to have that relationship. Um, and so that when they, as, as they grow up and they move on, they're still going to have that relationship with you and they're still going to be coming yeah. back and it's, I still want it to be a really tight-knit family even yeah. as they spread their wings and they move out on their own. So Yeah, and, like, the instruction and all that, like, that comes. That'll happen. That happens just naturally within relationship. Right. You know? Exactly. And if I uh, squander that at, at while they're teenagers mm. because I have to be right or I have to be whatever, um, that that might jeopardize some of that. You know, yeah. For the long haul. You got to think about it for right. the long haul. Parenting for the long haul. That's good. Yeah. So that's, that's a lot. I don't know if we helped in this manner <laughs> at all. But These are some ramblings from two parents that are trying to figure it out. Yeah. One day at a time as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're still in the middle of it. I guess time will tell. <laughs> but uh, so far, you know, things are going well. And I think we've got some pretty dadgum great kids. Some amazing children for sure. Yeah. I, I attribute all of that to you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, Say more. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're kind. You're... <laughs> Uh, but guys, thank you so much uh, for listening to the podcast or watching the podcast. If you're watching on yep. YouTube, you can subscribe on the Family Made channel. Uh, we, you know, it's not just us. We've got a couple things podcasts with Sean and Andrew uh, that are here every week. That's a growing network. Uh, it's not just going to be the two of our podcasts, but it'll continue to grow. So you yep. want to make sure you're subscribed to the Family Made. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you hit that subscribe for the what's up beautiful people uh podcast we're gonna do this every single week and hopefully they'll all be good we've got guests (laughs) coming up some really exciting guests yeah we do have some really really cool things coming up i don't think you've seen me as excited as I you am about giddy. a couple of the guests we've got coming up. Yeah, I am but too. I, I with like long time, like it's unbelievable yeah. how pumped we are for the guests we've got coming up. And then we've got a few other topics coming up as well. That'll just be the two of us. So mm-hmm. you don't want to miss any of it. Uh, we'd love for you to subscribe. Also all of the social medias. This was one of the big topics you guys sent us that you wanted to hear about mm-hmm. uh, on social media. You DM'd us, you left it in the comments, whatever. Uh, but find us on Instagram at the Miller fam on Facebook at the Miller fam on YouTube at the Miller fam. Uh, we're at yep. the Miller fam pretty much everywhere. We are the uh, Miller fam. And we love to talk to you in the DMS. So slide into our DMS for non shady purposes and uh, <laughs> drop you know, stuff that you'd like to talk about. We would love that. Mm-hmm. And uh, one last thing we need to do before we uh, close out this episode. We, we try to do this on every single episode we want to highlight a beautiful person. We have this. This is the What's Up Beautiful People segment. Uh, today's beautiful person is Carly, a high school senior who recently got into medical school for college and was so excited to tell her dad, which, by the way, that's amazing. That is Being amazing. Uh, she held up a paper and asked her dad to read it and instantly started crying as he was discovering she was accepted. So if you watch the video, you can see how much her dad's opinion means to her. And she says things like, uh, he says things like, I knew you could do it. I'm so proud of you, uh, which we thought was really endearing. And yeah. uh, so you can actually, you know, go and watch that video on Instagram. We're going to link it in the show notes. And uh, hopefully that encourages you on how you can be your teen's biggest cheerleader, biggest encourager. Uh, we're always looking for stuff like that that just helps us to, you know, spurs us on as parents of teens yeah. how to do that better. And uh, I think you're going to really love this video. I was definitely tearing up as I watched that. It's so <laughs> meaningful and heartfelt. And yeah. you could just tell he was so, so proud of his daughter. <laughs> so. I love it. But well, we love you guys. And we cannot wait to see you next week on Friday. Uh, yeah. So, bye. See you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>